This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We're out at St. Andrews on this week's WGT Challenge. It's the first hole on the closest to the whole challenge on WGT. And it's a fun one. It's difficult. You kind of have to get a little luck based on the wind when you play. Uh, you're probably going to play it a lot. You might as well just go and pay the like $2.99 to get rid of the ads <laughs> because you're going to want to play it a lot. Uh, but if you're the closest to the hole and someone's gotten it tight, someone's gotten it tight, uh, you are going to win a prize, which is your choice of a gift card to a cool business in the Denver area or a T-shirt of your choice from bsndenvermerch.com. Got something to say, Zach? You guys make me feel bad. You make me feel bad playing this game because you'll send in screenshots of like three feet away. And you're like, ah, not that good this time. I'm like, my best right now on this hole is like 17 feet out. Wow. And and then, of course, they send in another screenshot like three minutes later. And they're like one and a half feet out. Unfortunately, I'm playing this hole like I'm playing real golf. It's army golf. In the water, in the sand, on the beach. Uh, <laughs> Never wow. on the green. <laughs> it's like D-Day. Um, all right. Make sure you get in on the WGT Challenge. It's been a humbling experience for Zach Stevens. Uh, <laughs> but you might be a winner. And every week you play, you're going to get entered into the grand prize at the end, which is your choice of a jersey or tickets to a game. So with that, let's jump into the show. the bsn broncos podcast presented by strava craft coffee i was up late last night recording a buffs podcast with a couple of my buddies and i needed some strava craft coffee this morning i'm already two cups deep and feeling good now so shout out to strava craft coffee the official sponsor of this pod and the official sponsor of me being energetic right now i'm saving mine till the afternoon as always you weirdo (laughs) it's that 230 crash you have i need a little yep little burst a little buzz then are we outnumbering you on this oh i need that too i just also (laughs) drink it in the morning Uh, if if bucks panthers is the quality football experience tonight that i expect it to be i might need it about uh, seven o'clock or 7 30 or so (laughs) i think it's gonna be a good one Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> that doesn't interest you? The only reason that interests you is because you have him on your fantasy team. Okay. I see right through it. What is Carolina now? One and eight in its last nine? Dating back to last year? Really? Yes. Because wow. they were six and two. We've got, we, we got to hold this prediction off till the end of this segment. We will. <laughs> but And Jameis Winston is Jameis Winston. I've just, I'm, you all know I'm a Bucks fan. I've seen enough of this guy. I, I, call this, I can't deal with it anymore. I call tonight's game the Mace game. 
I mean, th these are your two teams outside of this state. Yes, that's true. <laughs> it's always tough because I work for the Panthers. I still know a lot of people in that building. I wish the best for them. Grew up a Bucks fan. I tend to watch it when they're both struggling with a degree of uh, amusement and humor. <laughs> anyway. Hopefully not the way people are viewing the Broncos team. Right yeah, now. they are. <laughs> um, not as much humor as the Jets, but yes. Yeah, at least no one has mono. <laughs> that we know of. Especially your starting quarterback. I saw a funny tweet. Someone said, it was a picture of Bill Belichick smiling, and it just said, Demarius Thomas had mono. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh uh but anyways the broncos are on track to get an important piece back and i i wanted to talk about this because i think i don't know two years ago at this time people would not have felt as if this guy was an important piece but mace you wrote the story yesterday that todd davis is on track to return in this game and for me that's huge for this defense yeah it's very telling that on monday night from the inside linebacker position, you had Corey Nelson playing 49 snaps. So almost the entire game. One tackle. Josie Jewell had 13 Ooh. tackles. Josie Jewell, he's a guy who's still kind of finding his way, learning this scheme, learning how to be an inside linebacker in the NFL. But he was cleaning up the mess left by Corey Nelson, who was really struggling out there in every way, shape, or form. And he was actually a at the start of that Josh Jacobs catch and run. He was the primary man in coverage uh, to open that play. So there's been a lot of consternation about Todd Davis over the last couple of years. I know Bronco fans. Is that a word of the day? Yes, it <laughs> means frustration. Okay, what was it again? Consternation. Consternation, not to be confused with constipation. Go on. <laughs> the defense looked a little constipated on Monday, but I digress. So it hasn't always been positive in terms of the sentiments for Todd Davis, but there's sort of a recognition now of what you didn't have. And it's not just about Todd Davis as a linebacker. It's about Todd Davis as a leader. He was a team captain last year on the defensive side for a reason. And as we saw yesterday at practice, late yesterday afternoon, the Broncos practiced about three hours later than they normally do when they finished their stretching and it was time to have the breakdown before going into individual work. It was Todd Davis who addressed the team. You could hear it uh, easily from uh, well on the sideline where we were all standing. And there's a fire there that the Broncos did not have on Monday. And maybe what we're talking about in terms of finding the leadership and energy, maybe Todd Davis, if he's in there on Sunday, can help the Broncos find that. Have you guys heard of the company LifeLock? Yes. Is that, um, it's like a, a Identity burglary. Theft, right? Yep, yep. Is it both identity theft and home theft? I don't know. It's some. It's something along those lines. Do you know who the founder is? Uh, Drew Locke. Todd Davis. Todd Davis is the founder of LifeLock. Now, a different Todd Davis, but this Todd Davis could be the lock to this team's life. And, and How did saving you? Wow. Where, did oh you, where were you going with did this? Did you work on this all morning? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I was up late last <laughs> night, and that's why I need my Strava a little early this morning. Bing. <laughs> but but look, but seriously, on this defense, like you said, Mace, who would have thought that Todd Davis would be the answer to this team? But in terms of play, they need his play. I mean, come on. We've got a new nickname for Todd Davis. <laughs> like the founder. <laughs> the founder. <laughs> but they need his play because, come on, how, how, how bad is it that Alexander Johnson played zero 
snaps last week on defense. Did he really? Yeah. Zero. Zero snaps. So you had Keyshawn Bearia and Alexander Johnson, two guys that rotate in. Justin Hollins also rotated in. And we didn't see them. It was all Corey Nelson. So obviously they didn't like what they saw from those young linebackers working on the inside over the course of the summer. But I'm sorry, I can't imagine that they would have been more ineffective than Corey Nelson was out there. That's what I was going to say. I think they totally made the wrong call there. You could clearly see Corey was thinking, and, and it's not his fault. I feel like they put him in a bad position, and it's a coach's job to put a player in position to succeed. And he was out there, and like you see him on – there's like a little Texas route from, I think, Josh Jacobs – and you just like I could feel him thinking because he was like backpedaling. And then once he got the ball, he was late to break. And, you know, it's just there was a there's an old saying from a coach that was something along the lines of preparation equals something equals playing <laughs> fast. And I know it's a really good saying that I just came up with, but it's essentially like preparation, e- preparation equals knowledge equals playing fast. And there you go. That's not, what not preparation age. No, but Corey Nelson didn't have the preparation and thus he didn't have the knowledge and thus he didn't play fast and, and it's not his fault. So it is weird that you didn't put any of those guys out there who would have at least known what was being asked of them, or maybe they didn't. And that was the problem. And I think also with Corey Nelson, the Broncos brought him back and he can help on special teams, but you can't overlook the fact that he was released by three teams in a little over 12 months. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia, Atlanta, and then most recently Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay did draft Quan Alexander at inside linebacker, but that's not a defense that's setting the world on fire, and they didn't think Corey Nelson was good enough. And he played in over 80% of your defensive snaps as the starter in the middle of the defense last week. So not only do you get a three-year starter back on the team, but – you get a leader. I mean, he he may be the one with the the green dot on his helmet, uh, calling the plays. That's got to probably settle the other veterans down on the defense a little bit. Um, a captain last year, Vance Joseph, loved what Todd brought in his mentality. And that's the third thing you get is is the passion. I mean, Mace, we couldn't report what we heard from Todd saying to to his teammates. There were some colorful metaphors in there. There was a lot. And what was it? It was 4 p.m. on Wednesday. What's Todd going to be like on Saturday night? What's he going to be like on Sunday right before the game? This is a guy where he he could be the heart and soul of this defense, which is crazy to say. I'd send him out there for the coin toss as one of the captains for this week if he's out there. Just underscore the fact that, okay, he's important, and we expect things to be different in part because we got number 51 back out there. Yeah, Just send that message. And maybe we come away from this game based on Todd Davis's impact saying, okay, we give the defense a little pass for week one because they didn't have their, you know, spiritual leader out there on the field. They we also- all underestimated Todd Davis. Yep. I think not just us in this room. I think probably if you're listening out there, a lot of you probably underestimated Todd Davis's importance. That's what so team. many people said on Twitter last night. They yeah. said, I never thought I'd want to see Todd Davis this much. Well, and, and the other thing that uh, is, un- is into play here is like we saw the defense still look good without him in practice and stuff. So I think that's why it was easy to just kind of forget about it. And But the guys that we saw who were, who were looking good in practice weren't on the field either. So uh, it'll be huge for this D to get Todd Davis back, we think. 
Bryce Callahan, too, would maybe we would give him a break for not having him out there, but we don't know how long that's going to be. What is going on with Bryce? Clearly going backwards, and, and I, you pointed that out on Twitter. Yeah, because he was limited last week. We saw him out there in individual work, and then yesterday at the start of practice, he's off to the side. He's chatting with Vic Fangio for a little while out there between the two fields while the defensive backs are going through their paces. That's obviously a step in the wrong direction, pardon the pun, because we're talking about some guy's foot injury. What scares me is that the Broncos misdiagnosed it, mishandled it at the very beginning because they just said, oh, his foot was stepped on. And so that was the end of questioning. We just thought maybe it was a little sore, and this was a foot that was broken last year. Wouldn't be the first time. It, well, it, that's exactly. The I mean, it, Julius. It's a few years ago, but we all know Julius Thomas basically had an entire two seasons ruined because he was rushed back from an ankle injury that was poorly diagnosed. How about Devonte Booker? Mm. Broke his wrist and then went through the whole off season without knowing it, right. and then came back and realized it on the first day of camp. Right. And so now, if let, let's say he needs surgery or or, or something, if you would have got that done, what was that? The the end of July. Maybe he's back now. Maybe he's back in a month. I don't know. But if you pushed it off and now he needs something, and, and I'm, I have no information that, that says that that's the case. But like Mace pointed out, trending backward is never good, it's, especially if you're, if you're uh, Brendan Langley. Huh. Yeah, I'm not comfortable with that. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't able to get any hard information on this, but I think as you guys have noticed me hinting, I've heard it's not going to be soon. And so, and that's bad. And that's not good at all. Um, the weird thing is, like, what could it be? Like, did he break your? Did he break his foot? What if it was a midfoot injury, like a Liz Frank? Right. That's but, where it gets really scary. But wow! Like, was there X-rays? That, what, what's going on here? Because I feel like if it was a sprained foot, it'd be fine by now. If it was anything that wasn't serious, it should be fine. But if it was serious, then wouldn't they be taking some steps to? Fix it now. Put him in a cast, whatever. Yeah. Well, the problem with some of these foot injuries is that the only way they get better is rest, and sometimes putting him in a cast isn't going to help out. I mean, what if, it, uh, what if it's plantar fasciitis like Peyton Manning had? Mm-hmm. And the only thing you can do for that, unless it's a full tear, is you got to put some orthotics in, and you you just have to – Watch the physical activity for a while, and you just got to take your time with it. This is weird for the NFL, in my opinion. I've experienced this in college where guys get injured and you have no idea what the injury is. Yeah. Usually the NFL is a bit more transparent about this stuff. I'm, I'm a little uh, confused as to why we're getting no information on this. Well, I think it was also interesting that you had um, the reports about Jawan James, and generally the sense that we're all getting is it's going to be probably several weeks and Vic Fangio kind of said a couple of weeks. The old a couple of weeks, and then we'll reevaluate yeah, yeah, to yeah. tell you a couple more weeks after that. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting that Jawan James isn't going on injured reserve, but I think that may be at least as much a function of the fact that if you want him back and you want to get two other players back, you can't do it, and you just have to deactivate him for the next few weeks. I mean, what's going to happen if another guy gets hurt? A touch wood? That's important. I think the problem is instead of touching wood in this room, we're touching plastic <laughs> or metal. Don't admit it's not that. working. We're supposed to bring the token. I forgot it. It, it, it typically is always here. But here, here's the thing with the injured reserve. If you keep losing, you can't put anyone else back on it because you have to have 
the ability to take Drew Lockoff. And what, you're going to pay Theo Riddick $3 million to sit on injured reserve after practicing for three and a half days with you? They paid Simeon Rice $3 million for no sacks one year. That's true. It's But but I, I don't think you can do that. And that's why uh, I think that Vic Fangio says a couple of weeks for Juwan James to kind of ease the blow of and, and to not get the question of, well, why aren't you putting him on injured reserve? Because we, we know injured reserve is, you know, half the season. So if you come out and you say uh, he's going to miss a lot of time or several weeks, a couple kind of eases it back. I think we're one injury away from maybe having to wave goodbye to Drew Locke for this season. And then if you have a lousy year, the season is a complete and utter failure. And that, that's, why, that's why you can't do it. So it, how? Me, yeah, if you keep losing, Drew Locke has to play. I'm how? not going na- to name names, but there are players on this team who if they get injured, you have to bring them back. Yeah. You have to – but you can't just keep setting guys down without, without – uh, putting them on IR, and and all of a sudden you've got 44 players left on game day. <laughs> You'd have to, though, because it, how inconceivable is it that the Broncos lose on Sunday? Not at all you inconceivable. Can, you can believe it's it, right? A, it's a coin flip game. So what about the following week in Green Bay? That's not a coin flip game <laughs> unless Aaron Rodgers gets hurt in Minnesota on Sunday. So it is, it's very possible that they could start 0-3. Then let's say an injury happens. You can't. You can't make it so you can't bring Drew Locke back. You can't. Well, I think Just now. The season at that point. <laughs> well, if you perceive the inactive list as sort of a short-term injured reserve, then that's true. Okay, Jawan James is on there, and that's tough. You still have six spots to play with here. So you're not. Six out. You're Corey not eleven. Sir Levine or whatever his name is. Welcome to the, the active roster. But for the moment, right now, you have that. You have Jawan James. Andy Janovich and Joe Jones oh. and Bryce Callahan. <laughs> so now you're up to four. <laughs> oh my God. And how many inactives do you need each week? Seven. Seven. Seven, and you've already got four. Yeah, like I said, you're okay. Maybe it's not one injury away. I feel bad for the three healthy players. Right. They're inactive. In, in hockey, they'd say the healthy scratches. You know, it's like you have to sit there and think, what am I doing wrong here? Yep. <laughs> 46 yeah. guys up, and I'm one of the three down. <laughs> That's a bad look. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm worried about – I mean, these six to eight-week eight injuries have them completely handcuffed. Like, I knew it was bad when it, when it happened, but now all of a sudden, like – you know, your your hands are behind your back. You, there's, you have no flexibility. It's not like you can go sign someone. And there was hope for some of those six- to eight-week injuries that week two they would be back because that's when, like, the, the six weeks fell for them. And you're not seeing Joe Jones, Andy Janovich, any, any of these guys uh, have any progress this week. Well, Andy had a helmet on, right? So did Joe Jones. In terms of, like, being limited or actually yeah. practicing legitimately. Well, but you're right. There, there's been a little bit of progress. I wonder with Andy Janovich as well. If when he's healthy, does Andrew Beck go to inactive, or do they try to put him on the practice squad, perhaps? Yeah, yeah. I think that route. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Positivity. <laughs> uh, yeah, I knew it was going to be a little bit longer with Andy when I ran into him in the press box uh, getting food, and I asked him how I was going, and he just said slow. Mm. Slow. Mm-hmm. He's so. not used to going slow in anything. No. Speaking of Andy, I'm sorry that you weren't at open locker room yesterday. He was uh, he was paying up on a bet or two, wearing a nice. It was a nice CU shirt too. Yeah, it was uh it was a gold outline of a buff 
with then it was a black shirt with black CU written in it. It looked it looked clean. Is it a t-shirt or? It was a t-shirt. Yep. All right. Well, maybe he can just give it to me when he's done with it. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he's just a Buffs fan now. <laughs> Wouldn't want to be a Nebraska fan anyway. Um, yeah. I'm glad that happened. Do you think it was, did he tell you, did he talk at all? He, he ran in the locker. I saw him wearing it in when the door opened in the training room. So I knew it was coming. And then he just ran in and ran out. Someone tried to stop it for a picture and he said, no way. Yeah. I've never <laughs> seen him get out of that room that fast. Come on. That's like, that's like Welch. You might as well Welch on the bed if there's not picture evidence. Well, of the it. point of it is he's wearing, he has to wear it around the building all day. So he's wearing it in the meetings and that sort of thing. So for internal purposes, he just doesn't want, all of us seeing it because I think he probably assumes that he's in enemy territory when it comes to Nebraska CU and that everyone is pro CU. Of course, there's plenty of CSU people in the media core who are were for Nebraska. I haven't heard, I haven't heard anything from them in uh, five years. It's weird. Uh, basketball season's coming soon. <laughs> we got a game tonight. We want to talk about that now or later. Mm, let's jump into it. Now the Mace bowl. <laughs> Out in Carolina, I believe, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, it is in Charlotte. Yes, you're t- you're you're keeping track of these records, right? I got him. I got him. Don't remind me. This is a new week. We're we're all gonna go undefeated, and it starts with this one: the Tampa Bay Bucks going into Carolina to face the Panthers, both coming off losses. Zero and two matchup tonight. The Panthers are seven point favorites. Who do you like? I wish I had that hook, six and a half. Mm, well, you don't. I don't, but I guess that worst case is a push there. Um, is, I'll, I'll take the Panthers. Mm, confident? No. No, Cam Newton's <laughs> such a little whiny. I was on a podcast last night where I didn't have to watch my language. He's a, just a whiny baby, <laughs> is what I'll say. Yeah, but Christian McCaffrey. I mean, yeah, that's exactly. a guy that you know and love. Yep. They're getting him the ball more and more. I swear, North Turner has McCaffrey on his fantasy team at this point. The way he's calling <laughs> That's plays. What Cam for Newton him. said too. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I've I've got to go with Carolina here at home. Now, looking over the last few years of Bucks Panthers games that involved um, that involved Jameis Winston uh, and or Cam Newton um, last year or two years ago. In Carolina, the Panthers win by three. Back in 2016, in Carolina, the Bucks win by three. Uh oh. <laughs> so <laughs> there have been there have been some there have been some close games. Jameis Winston right now though is just he's in the soup, and I don't know if he's going to be able to get out of it in time. You can pin the entire. Performance. You can pin all of the Bucks lost the 49ers last Sunday on him. Two pick sixes. You lose by 14. Oh, that's the difference. Oh, that's brutal. Rating of a stellar 41 or 45.4. I think it's possible he bounces back, but I think there'll be too much. Christian McCaffrey, the Bucks defense, had some promise last Sunday against the 49ers, but the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, still isn't quite back where they want him to be. I think. The Panthers can shred the Bucks. I got the Panthers by 10. Yep, this is easy to me. Panthers with seven. Easy. We all agree, too. Mason and I have yet to disagree on a game. <laughs> Boring. Come yeah. on, we got to spice it up for Sunday. Well, we keep winning, so, I, I mean. This is true. What can you do? Uh, all right. Shout out Breckenridge Brewery. 
Had a couple of them last night recording that podcast. Always delicious. Always cold, cool, and refreshing. Always flavorful. Whatever you look for in a beer, Breckenridge Brewery delivers it to you. And you can actually have it literally delivered to you if you use the Total Beverage app. And you can get 30% off. So there's really no, uh, no reason why you shouldn't be doing both of those things. So enjoy some Breckenridge Brews. I know all of you are. Enjoy it. And if you're looking for something else, or in addition to your Breckenridge Brewery, make sure you check out the Green Solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get out your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. That's mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online and head to the closest green solution for pickup. And make sure you use code BSN20, BSN20, for 20% off your entire purchase. Quite the combo there. Hop into the questions from the subscribers now on bsndenver.com. You can comment on this podcast and have your voice heard when you subscribe. And then you can have our voices heard on every story that we write. There's just lots of voices, and they're all beautiful. You're hearing voices at <laughs> <Yeah>. bsndenver.com. <laughs> Coming in your right ear right now. Uh, I think it's probably just both ears. Oh, okay. It'd be cool if I could fan <laughs> that. Though. All right. Zach, you want to get us started? First one coming in from FYTB512. Still haven't figured out what that name means. I have. Just kidding. Fiscal year to <laughs> bet. I think that's it. Yeah, five made $512. It says, hey, fellas, although, I'm very di- although I was very disappointed with the loss to a POS team like the Raiders, I feel that some patience needs to be had when dealing with a new offense and defense. I was very hyped about this new season and always think that we are Super Bowl bound every year. But the reality is this may take time. And as long as we are seeing strides every week, then this team will demand the respect of any team it faces and the titles will come. On to my question for y'all. If Callahan is out for a longer period of time, do you see a scenario where Kareem Jackson gets moved back to cornerback and we look at the open market for a safety? I saw a report where they floated the possibility of bringing Eric Berry, but not sure how he'd hold up. But man, I'd love to see him in here. Just the fact that KC fans would lose it. But if not Berry, anyone else you see the Broncos might bring in or bring back if Jackson is looked for in a cube er, is moved to cornerback. Guys, got to pay attention. We talked all about this at length yesterday. Uh, not the Eric Berry part, though. We did talk a little bit about Eric Berry, but obviously he's not yeah. a corner. Maybe you bring in Eric Berry so you can move Cream Jackson to corner, or you just go with Will Parks. Yeah, it's and I think no offense to Eric Berry, but after the injuries that he's dealt with the last couple of years. He isn't who he was. There's a reason why the Chiefs moved on from him. Yeah, and you don't want to bury Will Parks oh, on the depth chart. Oh, wow. I, I'd ride with Will Parks, and I think it's what they should have done Monday. If you wanted the four best defensive backs in there when you were in base, would have involved Kareem Jackson, Chris Harris Jr. at the corners, Justin Simmons, Will Parks at safety. He finishes by saying, Mace, I know, you're a little, I know I'm a little late to the party, but your favorite fast food burger? Come on, man. I heard you debating between two choices, and you chose In-N-Out? Got to go with Whataburger, man. So much better than, that, than what that California chain has to offer, hands down. Pair a Whataburger with a Breck beer, and you've got a match made in heaven. I think part of it is when I went to Whataburger a couple of times, the buns were kind of soggy. Really? Ooh, we yes. went to Whataburger, Ooh. and it was prime time eating. The beef was good. The, ve- the lettuce, tomato was good. And the spicy ketchup for your fries at Whataburger 
is amazing. Patrick Mahomes' favorite. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I go Whataburger in that competition pretty easily, but I do give credit where it's due. It, in and out is better than I originally thought because I just hadn't ordered correctly. <laughs> Next one's from Ados Dios. Alexa, set a reminder for October 3rd at 7 p.m. Real talk. Shout out to Reisner for playing amazingly. <laughs> Do you we know? know am anything? I missing something? Is there a game? Is there's it on Thursday night football? Game. I'm sure there's Thursday night, but it is not Broncos. Maybe I that's when uh, the Atlanta Braves are playing in the uh, <laughs> divisional series if they hang on to win the, uh, uh, the NL East. For me, that's the reminder. Speaking of Atlanta, ATL Bronco. What's up, guys? Been listening for a while now and subscribed early in the Broncos camp deal. You got me. But this is my first comment. Was catching up on the pod this week and heard Mason was a USF fan. I was at the game last weekend cheering for Georgia Tech, and I wish I'd known earlier so I could have talked some trash. I would just feel bad doing that now, knowing they're on eight-game losing streak. Well, (laughs) thanks for the pity. Appreciate it. Anyway, a few quick comments. Number one, Denver should definitely develop the area around Mile High. I'm not a Braves fan, but the area around the stadium, formerly known as SunTrust, is a great place to hang out and grab a few cold snacks. And And I can tell you this. The plans and the ideas the Broncos are thinking about for the area south of the stadium, one of the models they have looked at is what's going on in Atlanta with the Brave Stadium. Number two, I was listening to the late night pod at the gym last month and had to put the weight down midway through a set a few times because I was <laughs> laughing too hard. Pure comedy gold. Hashtag shout out Heinz. <laughs> Number three, this one's for Pat. Number four, y'all should definitely do a what-if segment in the offseason. Would love to hear Mace's takes and go down some rabbit holes. I don't get enough Broncos talk living down in the South, and that would be so fun to listen to. Sorry for the long first comment. We'll keep it short in the future. Go Broncos. Yeah, I think it's more, it, I think it would be better as a written written content, but we we'll, can still talk have, about it. we'll still have Mace's rabbit holes. And I think maybe a way of going about it is, we, right, is I write these what-ifs and then – we talk about them the next day on the podcast. Yep. Love it. Double up. Love it. Next one coming in from Sasha Sanga Harry. He says, still fuming about the Oakland game. That play where Yadam got beat on a slant slant from Williams on third and one with a loaded box reminded me of something. Well, two things, it turns out. Week 5, 2018. Broncos at Jets. Game is tied at 7. Jets have the ball on their own 24. It's 39. Denver has an extra defender in the box, and guess what? Roby gets beat deep on a post from Robbie Anderson for a 70-yard touchdown. Week 12, 2018, Steelers at Broncos. Game is tied at 10. First and 10 on their own three-yard line. Denver again has an extra defender in the box. Roby again gets burned by Juju on a shallow post for a 97-yard touchdown. It's Groundhog Day here in Broncos country. If you do not learn from the past, history will repeat itself. Time to wake up. Broncos, sorry for the long post. Do you think Isaac Yadam got hammered on Monday night and didn't show up on Tuesday? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, well, at least that's a step in the right direction. But it's true. You're only as strong as your weakest link. And that's why I was so bullish on this defense this year because I couldn't find the weakest link in the secondary when Bryce Callahan was a part of it. You take him out of the equation, now you have a weak link. And Derek Carr and John Gruden expose it. And if that link is weak, you have to try other links to see if you can strengthen it. Hello, Devontae Bosby. Hello, Duke Dawson, maybe. You, there, give, you give them a look. There is one difference between Yadam this year and Roby last year. Roby was on his fifth-year option making $9 million. You, you hoped he was going to turn into the guy. Uh, with, with Yadam, he's still very young. I'm not giving up on him, but I do think – 
that mid-game and, and during this week moving forward, you need to make adjustments, whether it is looking at someone else uh, f- f- right, right at the get-go or whether it's just making sure he has more help. You know and, uh, what's a good place to make adjustments from? The booth. The booth. <laughs> Not letting that go. <laughs> from Stebert92, hey, BSN family. By the time this comment is being read, I'll officially be in Denver for the first hey, time. Hey, welcome. 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 I figured while I'm here, I got to check out the Blake Street Tavern. I'll be there Friday night repping my Rutgers Red. I'd love to meet some of the family. Feel free to email me at arrowmanhale37 at yahoo.com. If you actually want to email him, I'm sure you can go find it on the website. It's H-A-L-E, by the way. Mm. Uh, also, it is sad that the tap. Is it sad that tap water is on my list of things to do as well? <laughs> hey, it's cheap. Got it. I got to... Uh, I'm I'm not someone who denies facts, <laughs> so I'm going to share with you guys this news that uh, at C O K L O G tweeted at me from North Forty News, which appears to be a uh, a news outlet from Berthoud. Mm. Winner of the best tasting water in the Rocky Mountain section. City of Fort Collins. Oh, wow. But all I responded was, seems weird that I wasn't one of the judges. <laughs> seems a little weird. Maybe you're on the uh, bard list in Fort Collins. Did something happen? I've, I've, I don't have many friends up there, <laughs> except for the people that listen to this podcast. Okay. From Otis Merriweather. Hey, RK, Zach, and Mace. Just two things. First, I'm on board with starting Will Parks at the other safety spot, moving Jackson to base cornerback. But what percentage chance does that happen? I feel like Parks doesn't get enough credit. A lot of people thought Cravens would take his spot, but Will has been solid and came through with some big plays last year, especially the TD save against the Steelers. Definitely think he can be that energy guy. Second, it sucks that Tim Patrick got hurt, but I'm excited to get Winnie get some run. See Winnie get some run. Thanks, guys. P.S. I'm coming down to the Chiefs Thursday game. Is there some sort of BSN pregame going on for that? More information at a later date as it relates to that. Um, it is excited to see Juwan Winfrey get some run. Well, it would be, but I don't know if that's going to happen. It seems like they brought in River Craycraft, and he might be taking that active roster spot. Maybe, or they could still be looking. It'd be a shame for River if he got pipped on the roster once again. It certainly would be, but he's he's an end-of-the-roster guy. But, yeah, and there are always guys like that point coming through. Broncos fans of the 2000s may remember Chad Mustard, a tight end slash offensive tackle, who was on the roster and off the roster and on the roster and off, off the roster for about three years. Some guys are like that. And the percentage on uh, Will Parks uh, being safety and Kareem Jackson, a base cornerback, I'd say probably about – 50-50 at this point, given uh, if I, if Yadam struggles this week, I think it's something that they would really think long and hard about. I don't have nearly enough confidence in the lack of stubbornness from an NFL football coach. I just I always see it. I always see them be stubborn. And I, the only evidence I have of Vic Fangio to this point is that he, too, is stubborn when it comes to these type of things. Maybe you see it happen later, but this week and in, even in the near future, I, I don't see it. I hope I hope it does because, like I said, I, I want to see them not be stubborn. 
Next one coming in from Iceman. He says, hey, boys, I'll start with a few observations. Monday night was a regular season continuation of the 49ers joint practice in practices in training camp. Yep, I wrote that. Gruden's trench players popped all 22 Broncos starters in the jaw, and not one of the 22 responded in any way. Wrote about that, too. Three, Mr. B, I hope you didn't see Monday Night Football from heaven. Four, 9-11-2001. 18-year anniversary, remembering, remembering all of our fellow Americans we lost and their families and all of the first responders. As a former Air Force and Army Reserve soldier, every year my blood boils more and more. Thank you for your service, Iceman. Yes, thank you, Iceman. Mm -hmm. And, of course, our, our, our thoughts were with everyone, especially yesterday. Five, more Allie and Lindsay. Six, your thoughts. Would Davis have made any real difference shutting Jacobs down? In the run game, yeah, for sure. That's that's what he does. Yep. Is he plugs up those holes and he bruises you a little bit, sort of the same way that the Raiders were doing to the Broncos. And that's the thing that you got to remember about Todd is you hope that Vic doesn't think he's an all-around linebacker because then you're going to get burned in coverage. Maybe he doesn't have any all-around linebackers right now. Actually, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that inside linebacker is one of the first two positions taken by the Broncos in the 2020 draft. Mm. Yeah, I would have said that one year ago today and probably even like – 180 days ago today if that was if that's far enough back before the draft but somehow some way they always forget about it so they admit a mistake oh. because come on how many times are their drafts a correction of the year before's <laughs> drafts yep. that's yep. pretty much the, the tale of the last two drafts really and speaking of draft decision makers seven johnny boy elwood teeth huh. okay eight i would appreciate my 15 cents worth today well, hopefully you're getting it. Nine, before Mace, you two got me through the longest offseason ever. I will always respect all three of you now. Hold on. It's not. It's still just 10 cents. It's just divided three ways now. <laughs> it's 3.33. Yeah, three, <laughs> three cents, and then you got to take a nice sharp knife and cut the other one into thirds and then like, kind of take them like a, uh, like a mini football and flick them at us. <laughs> and he finishes up with 10. Please, for God's sake, stop the Broncos' positive spin machine. Zach's takes on the late-night pod was spot on. There cannot be any excuse after 11 and 22. We hope your favorite in-laws are doing well. Yes, yes, she is home from the hospital, um, which is just incredible. Two weeks after a heart transplant. If wow. we're the if we're the positive, how are we the positive positive spin <laughs> I, machine? Yeah, I, I don't get that. I mean, we've had like what like you can count on one hand the nice things we've had to say about that game. It's really true. And Ryan, you'll like this. He says, "Go Buffaloes and the Air Force Academy and Thunder Down Under." Okay. <laughs> one thing I will say, I mean, and this is one of the positives on one hand. You talk about guys that responded to the team being punched in the mouth, Cortland Sutton. Right. Yeah. So. Carpaccio Chris says, I'm proud to announce that I have finally joined the list of subscribers who's tried not just some Breck brews, but some Strawberry Sky. Nice. I had to drive 75 miles to San Diego to find a liquor store that had them. And in terms of California traffic, that's a solid two-hour drive. Oh, but I just had to try them. And boy, I was not disappointed. As a matter of fact, I was so happy with the refreshing taste. I'm going to drive back next <laughs> week. Damn good beer. P.S. Welcome to the community, Mace. We're all happy to have you. Much love, Carpaccio Chris. Thank you. Appreciate that it. That is awesome. You Worth the drive. Are, uh, you guys are crazy. I love you. <laughs> love Thunder Down Under. And I guess I am saying your name. Can't believe Mace thought my name was inappropriate on this damn good pod. No innuendo at all. Australians are renowned for our very deliberate and non-satirical language. And yes, this is why I'm a fan of those old Australian rockers, ACDC. Mm. Personal favorite song of mine. 
big balls. Yes. Uh, dirty deeds. Yes. Done dirt cheap. Oh, yeah. The, A lot of good ones. Yes. Very Australian band. Two questions. Number one, how do you feel about how Philip Lindsay was used in the offense against the Raiders? And what would you ask of Scangarello for his use against the Bears? Real quick. There's also one called Let Me Put My Love Into You. Yes. <laughs> Nothing subtle there. <laughs> Oh, gosh. What so how it? did the Broncos put their Lindsay into the Bears? <laughs> um, well, you need to use him a lot. Yeah. Um, you want to make sure that <laughs> – trying to avoid innuendo here. <laughs> I don't want to get caught. Um, I was going to say hard and fast. You, wow. You, you just got <laughs> to hey, power him. <laughs> you know, maybe you have to recharge a little bit, but generally you don't get too worn down over time from use. Yes, exactly. Okay, I'm trying to gather my thoughts here. Um, <laughs> use you got to use Philip Lindsay a lot. Don't get too cute. Uh, trying to mix it up. Be deliberate with your game plan and pound the rock. It's a way of saying it. Number two, best bar, best w- burger, and best wings in Denver for a first timer. Go. I say best burger, my brother's bar. I got best bar, Blake Street Tavern. Best wings. Ooh. Oh, I, yeah, you should have taken that oh, one. I should have. You go for it then. Well, it's not necessarily in Denver, but it is in the Denver metro area. There's a place in Aurora, which normally I don't give shout outs like this, but it was so good that they deserve it. It's called Wing Hut. Okay. It's a, in a, it's like you would never expect it to be legit. Like it's in a shopping center. And once you walk in, though, it's got like a cool kind of like divey wing place vibe. They've got TV. So if you want to go there and watch the game tonight, you can do that. About a thousand sauces. I've only tried one of them so far. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's called Way Too Hot. It's actually not way too hot. It's just right. (laughs) Uh, But it is their hottest that they have. It's like a habanero style buffalo sauce. Oh, so good. And I would also say this. If you're coming to Denver, make sure you get some good green chili somewhere Mm -hmm. as well. And there are any number of spots that can satisfy. I'll actually uh, talk up my neighborhood pub around the corner from where I live, Reavers, over in Wash Park. All right. Good. Good. They actually have great green chili at Blake Street Tavern, which wouldn't be okay. expected. That's like a thing that only uh, may also probably in New Mexico, but maybe not like random places that are not known for Mexican food in Denver. will just have amazing green chili. It's just it's the Denver thing. And I mean, I'd never heard of green chili before I moved out here. And now if I ever leave Denver, I'll. I'm I'm going back with about three or four different recipes because I can't live the rest of my life without green chili now that I've been in Denver. Or like you have like a breakfast burrito or something and you're like, what? There's no green chili in this? Like, what is the point of it? Exactly. P.S. Where can you buy a Philly cheesesteak hot pocket in Denver? Sippers, as an impartial foreigner, I'm happy to weigh in on this argument. The great culinary debate of the century. Probably any... Any King Supers or anything like that. Is that what he like meant that. by Sippers? <laughs> maybe Sippers is a King Super. Yeah, maybe it meant King Supers by Sippers. King I, Sippers is us with with Breck Brews after a game. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I think it's more than a sip. It's more like a glug. Gulp. <laughs> Gulpers. Yeah. Next one coming in from Vivid Swing. He says, hey, guys, reposting almost my comment from Tuesday that got lost in case of the missing pod. Seems like all the comments ended up on Ryan's piece about the Broncos mentality. How oh, weird. Weird. But Vivid Swing and any of you out there, if we miss a comment on accident, it was on accident. Just repost it. So thanks, Vivid Swing. You almost – oh, he says, I know there – that there might be talent issues, and that's why we can't cover tight ends or protect the quarterback. However, one, you would have hoped the red zone woes would be fixed with a new scheme and coordinator. Apparently, they're not. 
Two, you would have hoped the mental mistakes, holdings and such, would be fixed with the new coaching staff. Apparently, they're not. Three, retire from Mr. B, of course. Four, you would have hoped the game management would be improved, but apparently it's not. With a whole new coaching staff, why? Why do these problems persist? At least there's a good chance the mental mistakes can be fixed before next week. Maybe. Hopefully. Or the intensity issues. Right? Right? Last thing. Welcome, Mace. Truly a fantastic addition to our to an already fantastic podcast. Keep up the good work, all three of you. Ultimately, they're the same players for the most part. You've turned over one-third of the roster, but two-thirds of the roster returned from last year. And it takes time to break players out of bad habits. I think... Let's look at the offensive line for an example. Mike Munchak, he goes to Pittsburgh in 2014, and for a decade, that's the second-worst offensive line in terms of sack rate allowed. It's uh, right up through the 2013 season. And over the five years that followed, second-best in sack rate allowed with the same quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. But they didn't make all the improvement in that one year. They took steps forward in 2014, but it wasn't until 15, 16, 17 to where that Pittsburgh offensive line really got to where Munchak wanted it. It's going to take a little while to break some players out of bad habits. Agree on all accounts. Um, one thing, that, especially about the red zone, uh, there are ways to play call your way into the end zone, but the red zone is where talent matters most. You There's not a lot of room to scheme guys open. It's not this big you know, open area where you can really open up the playbook. The red zone is about beating your man. You got to do it. Uh, the offensive line has to do it. The Noah Fants and Cortland Suttons and Emmanuel Sanders of the world has to do it. And Joe Flacco has to go in there and make good throws. And if you miss on any of those three levels in the red zone, it is massively highlighted and it's going to stop you from succeeding. The other interesting thing in the red zone, if you have a quarterback who's getting the ball out quickly, like Derek Carr, it, takes and you want to get the ball out quickly in the red zone that too takes some of the spice off the pass rush from mile high magic 94 if hamilton catches that pass flacco is on pace for 4500 yards and 32 tds and no picks <laughs> so let's cut the guy a break lol mm, no um in all reality i actually thought flacco looked good and made a lot of nice throws but for some reason everyone is bashing him and ready to throw the towel on the season what were your guys' honest evaluations on Flacco, Zach? I'll start uh, with you. I mean, yeah, that, 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 that's true. I guess he would have been on pace for that. But if the Raiders don't go into total prevent defense and Emmanuel Sanders doesn't get that touchdown, so then he could be on pace for, I guess, 4,500 yards, zero touchdowns, zero picks. That's certainly not inspiring. And w what did he do before garbage time? I thought Joe Flacco was Joe Flacco, and that's – Shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that he was what, he, what we thought he was. He's not going to go out and turn the ball over. He's also not going to go and just win you game after game. If the defense would have played a good, uh, uh, an, an elite game like we say they need to, Joe Flacco was, was good enough to guide an average offense, that, and that's what he is. He did have the highest single-game passer rating for a Broncos starter since Trevor Simeon in Week 2 of 2017. Oh, wow. But he was— Shout out Trev, now a starter. Yes. <laughs> Wish we knew how to quit Trevor Simeon as starter. But Flacco in the fourth quarter, uh, that was garbage time, 8 of 9, buck 31, one touchdown, 155.8 rating. So that's where that came from when the Raiders were playing back. Joe Flacco is who he is. 
I knew you'd make it back as a starter, Trev. I'm so proud of you. Is he going to just take the job right out and <laughs> just rip it right out of Darnold's hands and never turn back? He's done it to another for a former first-round pick. Honestly, this week, predict Trevor Simeon's stat line. <gasps> Against the Browns. On Monday Night at Football. At home, right? Yep. I'm going to go 20 of 23. Oh, my God. Whoa. 223 yards, one touchdown. I'm going to go... 21 of 31, 255, one touchdown, two picks. I see the Browns ex- trying to exploit Trevor Simeon's long-known woes against cover two. I'm going to say 15 of 29 for uh, 189 yards, two picks, zero so- – Two picks, zero touchdowns. Oy. Good yeah. news. Good news is my Browns are going to get a win. Uh, yes, they <laughs> are. <laughs> DJC15. Man, it's been a rough week for me between my Longhorns losing and the Broncos getting embarrassed. All I can say is we need some hope. I'm tired of the same problems for almost the past half decade not getting improved. I'm honestly not sold any quarterbacks for next year's draft. Never trust a Bama QB as a pro prospect. Herbert would be a pro project. Fromm got exposed against my Longhorns last year, in my opinion. I will say, even though it sounds like homerism, Sam Ellinger is Paul Pierce, a.k.a. the truth. Definitely hmm. worth a look this year or next if he stays for his senior season. At that point, you might, you might as well go for Joe Burrows, right? Because he beat him head-to-head. I actually like I – was, I was just giving you crap, DJC. I actually like Ellinger. He's kind of impressive to he's me. He's intriguing. So he's 20, 22? No. He's twenty twenty one. Is he only a is he a true sophomore right I now? don't know. I don't know. That's that's what I'm asking. When when would he is he the same draft as Trev? I don't know. We'll find out. actually that 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 has a ring to it. Okay. But uh, before while while Mace looks that up, I'll tell you about my friends over at Weinster. Hung out with my guy, uh Will Whalen, who is a big part of the operation over there at Weinster this weekend. He ordered four bottles of wine for us at dinner. <laughs> and Oh, Each and you every were fancy man. Oh yeah, Woo. we were flexing on Friday night. Yeah, you know, you were. all these Nebraska people came into town. We had to show them what real class looks like. <laughs> so we went and ordered four bottles Ooh. of wine. Um, each and every one was so good. Like the people over at Weinzer are such experts when it comes to this stuff, and they find the wines that you would never hear about if you weren't a Weinzer subscriber. So if you at all like wine you got to get with wine, sir. And the cool thing here is that if you sign up today with the code BSN25, you're going to get $25 off your first shipment. Uh, and I guarantee you, you'll find something you love in that box. That's wine, sir. W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R. Ellinger's a junior, by the way. So he's eligible. Mm, yes. Wow. Wow. Next one coming in from Lone Star Bronco. He says, I don't like the Fant pick. I understand the reasoning, but I don't like it. I don't mind the trade back at all, but I feel like Titus Howard, Andre Dillard, Marquise Brown, and three corners went soon after. I know hindsight is twenty twenty, and Fant can still develop, but I feel like the value and need would have been better. Obviously, corner didn't seem like a need at the time, but with Chris leaving and Yadam showing, I would feel much better about the situation with Byron Murphy. Your thoughts? I hated the Fant pick at the time and still not sold on it because of the talent, but but because of value. There's a long history of tight ends taking a while to develop, and that's why I keep saying with Noah Fant, evaluate where he is after year two rather than year one. Now, Marquise Brown, of course, he had a big game against that horrific Miami defense, but the Broncos did need speed at wide receiver, and there was a guy 
who checked the Broncos boxes in terms of character, senior, leadership, that whole template. It was Terry McLaurin from Ohio State. We loved sitting him at the there in round three, and the Broncos picked Draymond Jones. Draymond Jones may turn out well, but in week one, Draymond Jones was inactive. He is the sixth defensive lineman right now, and that means he's going to be standing on the sideline in warm-ups unless he somehow moves up in practice. Terry McLaurin, by the way, had 104 yards on three catches in the regular season opener for Washington last week. They got the wrong Buckeye. <laughs> right Mc- school, wrong guy. McLaurin was our guy at, yes. at the Senior Bowl. Like Drew Locke to Terry McLaurin was lighting up the field. We were all about it. Yeah. And, uh, and again, I thought the Bron- he'd be on the Broncos' radar just because he checked all the character boxes you know, that they've been looking for and kind of reestablishing their draft template the last couple of years. Terry McLaurin fit perfectly in that. Instead, Case Keenum is throwing bomb touchdowns to him. <laughs> From Vertical Socks, Mace, you broke my heart with the retweet of Brandon Thorne showing how brilliant Ryan Ramchek was against J.J. Watt. <laughs> Bowls over Ramchek has to be one of the most colossal and consequential draft blunders of the L.A. era. You're not wrong. Is drafting players who should be good football players because of their measurables over players who actually are good football players the biggest mistake a team can make in drafting? To be honest with you, I think the Bowles Ramchek pick along with the Gar- uh, the Paxton Lynch pick a year ago a year before that is why the Broncos changed their draft template for 2018 and 2019 and with Ramchek uh, I know I am very pro Wisconsin O-line I've made that clear many times over the years but Bowles just you look I, I looked at him coming out and thought okay he's aggressive but he holds too much he's not technically sound and Ramchek was a classic Wisconsin lineman. They're well coached. Those guys are technically sound. There's a chance, guys, that Ryan Ramchek could be becoming what Joe Thomas was for a decade. Oh. And, and they're the both Wisconsin guys, again. When in doubt, draft the Wisconsin O-lineman. If you had any question about where those guys were at that exact time, which we know for a fact they did, there was debate within this building about which guy to go with. How do you not give the tiebreaker to the guy who's four years younger? Exactly. By the time that Ryan Ramchek is Garrett Bowles' age when he was drafted, the dude is going to be the best tackle in football. <laughs> yeah, and when Garrett Bowles holds, everyone's mad at Garrett, and understandably so, it's his fault, but that's who you drafted. You, you drafted a guy that holds. A handsy guy with a, with a temper. You drafted a guy and hoped he would change where there was a guy sitting on the board where you didn't need to hope he changed. Oh. Blows my mind. Yeah. Here's the thing. You can't draft on hope. You have to draft on what they are. The assumption that all of a sudden they're going to become something that they weren't in the college ranks, that's a, that's a bold play to make. I mean, one, like, Philip Lindsay was undrafted. But he is who he was in college, 100%. a tough, a tough running back. I've always regardless wondered, of size. And maybe the, like uh, the Steelers or the Patriots are the closest thing we've gotten to this. But I've always wondered like what a team would look if they just only drafted players that were good. Like stop drafting guys based <laughs> off what they look like. Just just look and be like, oh, that guy, he's the best player on his team. We're taking him. He can play football. Right. Mm-hmm. Typical Trev. Hi guys, long time listener, first time commenter. 
First, I wanted to vent for 15 seconds. I'm 100% with you guys on wondering why the heck we restructured Joe Flacco's contract. If you aren't going to use the ad cap space to make a subsequent trade for someone like Trent Williams, then why make the move at all? Doing so would also force you to play th- pay three top tackle money to both him and Jawan James. It just doesn't make any sense why a team with so many needs would willingly give up valuable draft capital to plug just one of many holes on the roster. Okay, end of rant. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, but again, they think they're up, they think upstairs in this building that they're close, and that's why they do it. This, however, leads me to my question. At what point do the, this season do the Broncos become sellers, and if it comes to it, who do they make available and who would actually net a decent return? There's, let's go. Let's go for that. There's no such thing as like buyers and sellers in the NFL. Everyone just stands pat. Rarely do you see a team sell off their assets in the middle of the season. So it would be, do you, I think, do you, do you, agree? Yeah, I, you, you never see it. This isn't baseball. Yeah. A legitimate one would be Chris Harris. Right. But again, you're getting, that's a, you're basically getting a half year rental right. of Chris Harris. So fourth round pick, is that what you're getting for that? You're hoping for a three. A right. three, right. So you're and that, you're probably exactly. going to get finessed into a four. And that ha- that happens if you're two and six. I mean, if the season is way out of And line. you better be ready to lose the locker room. It, yep, exactly. So you, you're basically tanking at that point. So if you're going to do that, you might as well trade some other guys too. And if you're doing that, you're playing Drew Locke. Oh, gosh. Period. You better be taking him off the IR. <laughs> P.S. Loving having Mace as part of the team now. You guys have been killing it for a long time now and are hands down the best Broncos coverage out there. Keep up the great work. Go Broncos. And Thank you, and I do agree we have the best Broncos coverage out there. We love you, typical Trev, and I agree with Mace. Next one coming in from Lax Freak. He says, my comment was missed. Okay. Hey, guys, listening to the last pod, you mentioned that generational gap between players. When I heard that, I cringed because that shows that the vets on this team believe they can't learn anything from these young players. If this is true, I'm 100% on trading these players before the deadline this season and get some quality draft picks and get our future. Another guy that you could trade out for a half-year rental is Shelby Harris. Mm. In my mind, the 2015 vets are gone, and 2018 leaders, i.e. Lindsey, Sutton, and Chubb, take over as leaders of this team. They are your future. I would be okay with us not succeeding this year and clear those guys out and build from what we have. Thoughts? If the season can t- goes askew, if they can't get this turned around, if they're, like you say, sitting at 2-6, and six, I'm in favor of trading uh, what you can, even if you're only getting, say, a fifth or sixth round pick. I'll give you an example of how those late round picks can help. How long over the last two years since Isaiah McKenzie's fumbling issues have the Broncos just tried to find whatever waiver claim they could plug in as a punt or kickoff returner? Well, then you have a fifth or sixth round pick. You can pick one of those guys. Colby Wadman had a good game Monday night, but what if he goes back to being inconsistent? Well, with one of those late-round picks, you pick another punter. You actually did pick a punter, Riley Dixon, back in 2016. <laughs> but then you didn't hang on to him long enough, and look, he's killing it for the Giants now. Yeah, Wadman had a good game. He did. He's actually a top third of the league in punting in most metrics hey. after week one. And this is three good weeks in a row for Wadman, which I think right. is significant. It's, he's on the best stretch of his career, including the preseason. Super nice guy, too. Yes, he is. <laughs> uh, from Wesley. Hello to the bros and old man Mace. Oh, man. <laughs> I greatly appreciate your coverage and especially the pods to help talk us all off the ledge after that uninspiring performance. Man, you guys are easy to talk <laughs> off the ledge. Just talk about how bad they were. and It's only one game. Come right back to our arms. Uh, I'm just here to talk about the quote, uh, the coach. No question. There's a huge difference between a calm and collected coach who's VJ, i.e. incompetent, 
and Vic. Vic is extremely qualified and more than competent. I get that he looked much like VJ, which scares people, but he's miles ahead of Vance. Remember that he's a very competent coach. Hell, he'll figure this out. I still don't understand why we're evaluating facial expressions of the coach during a game that they're losing. And also, I didn't see Vic standing there with his mouth open, not knowing what to do. Squinting, looking at the Mon- scoreboard. Yeah. <laughs> As to the emotions, honestly, these guys are humans. Would you rather work hard for a boss that screams at you when you do something wrong? Or one who expresses his displeasure quietly, then takes you aside to teach you the right way to do things. The Broncos have a losing culture right now, and the way to fix it is not to scream and yell. It takes time and patience to change a culture. Well, the best thing is the coach who tailors what he does to what motivates the individual player. Right. It's what Bill Belichick and before him Bill Parcells were so they they're so phenomenal at that that they know which players need the scream and which players need the pat on the shoulder. And sometimes you just need – it's not – I don't think anyone here was advocating for Vic to, like, change who he was and start eviscerating people. They just needed something. Someone needed to go fire somebody up. You know what maybe could change from Vic is the lack of change. Maybe the booth would help. Yes. <laughs> maybe. Wow. Flamunda booth, boys. Flamunda Cheese <laughs> checking in. Hey, fellas, I have to hit you with the two questions that have been on my mind for far too many years. Obviously, it involves good, strong drafting. I just wanted to get your takes on what we can do to fix our systemic problems. Number one, what would you do to fix the inside linebacker core so tight ends don't thrash our team every game? I've been pounding the table for years and agree with Mace about the void Danny Trevathan left. They should trade for Devin Bush. <laughs> I was going to say about <laughs> Devin Bush. <laughs> oh, man. He's going to be the one that got away for a while, isn't what do you, he? What do you think? Uh, Noah Fan to third and a fifth? Will that get it done? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it won't at yeah. all. Number two, what would you do to fix our offensive line? It feels like the last time we had a great O-line was when Elway was under center. It may be early, but all I want for Christmas is an offensive line. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Elway. I, real quick, yeah. I got an idea It was good here. with Peyton, too. Quarterback Trade line. for Ryan Ramchek. <laughs> How many first-round picks would that cost? <laughs> All of them. You think you could do Garrett Bowles for Ramchek straight up? Uh, probably uh, not. <laughs> so what I would do for the offensive line, first of all, Connor McGovern you know, wasn't great, but he was solid. And you hope that he can build on that. And if he continues uh, having a, a game of clean snaps like he did against the Raiders on Monday night, and if he continues getting better, if you see enough from Connor McGovern over the first, say, eight games, I start working on an extension. Get some stability there. Dalton Reisner, he's going to be a fundamental part of, of the line. So that's two spots that hopefully you can say you're getting close to figured out. Jawan James, that's a setback, no doubt. You keep, you, you keep drafting and developing, and you find the guy. And I think next year, I've already mentioned inside linebacker, maybe it becomes a, a draft where you pick a couple of, of offensive linemen early once again. Wisconsin, Tyler Biotish, center. Now, maybe Lock what you in. do, move Connor McGovern to right guard if Ron Leary's not back and Biotis is your center. I love that interior if you have McGovern at right guard, Reisner at left guard, Biotis at center. I could win with I could win games with that if I were coaching. I just want to know how they didn't how they didn't give Mike Munchak something to work with. Like why didn't they give him a ball of clay in, in the sixth round for him to try and mold into you know someone that he that he can really like. I just probably they were thinking Garrett Bowles was the ball of clay. That's dried up. Hey, now. It's been a while since my last comment. Here's a tune from another band I'm in. We're called Whiskey Blanket. 
and based out of Boulder. It's hip-hop with a classical twist because we use lots of classical instruments like violin, etc. It's definitely not something you hear every day. Let me know what you guys think. I will definitely listen to that. That Yo, sounds pretty awesome. I've been to a Whiskey Blanket concert. Hey, cool. that's awesome. We're hey. fans of you. Been around for a while. Awesome underground hip-hop out of Boulder. I, uh, to Flamunda Cheese, I, w- I was pretty young, but uh, Eight Hour Orphans, who you might remember, opened for you guys. One of my best friend's brothers was in Eight Hour Orphans, and then later... 303, which I'm sure you probably know as someone who's in the Boulder uh, music scene. So I've seen you guys live, and it's awesome. That is is too cool. Next one coming in from Sir James Radio says, I really love the fact that Mace and I agree on the assessment of Jake Fromm. Ryan, you'll come around. It wasn't too long ago that that you were driving the hashtag tank for Tua bandwagon all aboard the hashtag bomb for Fromm train. I like it. I was high on tank for Tua. Until I realized what Mel Tucker could do to him. Oh, my gosh. Oh. What, lose to him? Mel didn't lose to him. Mel mm. knocked him out of the game. Mm. And then... We should ask Mel Tucker what he to, thinks of Jake Fromm. To Jalen Hurts. Mm. Saw him every day. Mel Tucker could give you Jake Fromm. He could give you Tua. He yeah. could. He could give you Baker. It's a good resource to have around here. He goes on and says... Real quick, real quick, real quick. Someone asked Mel Tucker after the game, have you ever been part of a 17-point comeback like that? <laughs> He said, yeah, <laughs> Rose Bowl two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. He says, with the pandering out of the way, I think Monday showed us just how important Jano is. Those usual lanes just weren't there for Rice and Phil. The offensive line didn't help much either, but those holes are much easier to force open. We have a nuclear warhead leading like the way. Like that nickname. Also, Trevor Simeon is a starting quarterback in the NFL again. So that's the thing. My guy, Trev. Sir James, P.S. This is totally not a Ryan Burner account, but if it were... It'd be a damn good burner account. <laughs> um, <laughs> so real it quick, is a Ryan burner account. one thing I think that we – one mistake we made last week in evaluating the game, and I think it was just because we underestimated the Raiders, but we really didn't talk enough about who the Broncos weren't going to have out there in terms of Jano, in terms of Todd Davis, in terms of Callahan. I think if you, if you put those three guys on the field, I think there's a, very, a much better chance the Broncos win the game. Maybe, maybe. It was just a brutal game. I don't... Yeah, for sure. All right, anyways, the next one is from Mike in Albuquerque. He says, hey, fellas, May, so excited you're on the pod. I would like to start a petition to bring Throw the Hat segment back to this pod. This was one thing I look forward to each week on the two pods I listen to. Sorry, RK and Zach. Maybe we'll bring it back if the Broncos lose on Sunday. Then we'll have to toss some hats. The thing is, uh, Zach and I don't wear hats. (laughs) I'll throw for you. (laughs) <laughs> or you can, we can all just throw your hat. You can and, and it, Ra- retrieve it. And Ryan Edwards and Steve Atwater didn't wear hats, but I got them wearing hats. Oh, and I've wow. got the gifts of, of Steve Atwater hurling his headgear across the studio. Impressive. <laughs> you should have had him throw a helmet. Oh, well, yeah, but they just built the studio. We didn't <laughs> want to destroy it. <laughs> all right, he says a few thoughts and observations. One, five series for the offense in the preseason hurts. I know you've touched on this multiple times, so no need to comment. Two. Flacco is anticipating receiver breaks and throwing receivers open. So we have not seen that since Manning. Totally true. We true. talked about that too. Three for Mr. B. Four, Dalton is a stud. Five, we do need fire and passion. Yes, Phil brings that. Six, run Phil and Royce Moore. Seven for Elway. Eight, yes, we're rebuilding. I just wish someone in the front office will say it. Nine, Raiders still stuck. On to the Bears. 0-16 oh, or 16-0, and oh, still Denver Broncos for life. Go Broncos. That's what we love about you guys. You ride with us no matter what. Yeah, I wish someone in the front office would say it, but don't hold your breath on that coming out. Steve Atwater, HOF, 
Were the week one issues due to talent or execution? I'd say probably both. Both. Yep. Also, why can't Dalton Reisner play right tackle and move Wilkinson to left guard? Stop moving people. Yes, you can't do that at this point in the season. You would be it would be worse than it is now. That's like doing something crazy like picking up a guy off the waiver wire and then making him start <laughs> that week. And I think Reisner could do fine at right tackle, but he's doing very well at left guard, one of the better left guards around the league in week one. I don't want to move I don't want to get rid of something that is one of the strengths on this team right now. If you're on if your train is on a track to a Pro Bowl guard, there's just no reason to take it off that track. And he could if he plays more games like that, he could be in the conversation later on this year for the Pro Bowl. You're exactly right. Shout out Corey Nelson. Sorry. Uh, I like Corey Nelson. Bronco, Good guy. Yeah, from Broncos East Coast 58. Guys, I need your help. I feel like a broken man as a diehard Denver Broncos fan living in the heart of Pat's nation. I need something positive to look forward to this season. How would we feel about bringing in a guy like Eric Berry to play safety and move Jackson down to corner with the cap space moving up? We address that. Here's something you can look forward to as a Broncos fan living in Pat's country. Broncos don't have to play the Pats this year. <laughs> so you're not going to have to see that blowout. No, but they have to play them next year. Mm. Plenty of time to get, <laughs> to get them. A lot of time to get it right. Plenty, yep. of Tom, plenty of time for Tom Brady to get older. AB, why is AB wearing a different number every day? He wore one yesterday. Now he's wearing 17. It's a different one today? Yep. Yeah, wow. he couldn't wear one in a game unless every number in the teens and the 80s was taken so here's what what must have happened he got there and they got the 17 jersey out and he didn't like the way it fit just like a helmet so oh. they gave him the number one yeah who has more uh receiving yards this week Deshaun hamilton who's the broncos 17 or antonio brown who's the patriots 17 Deshaun, i think antonio is going to be put on the commissioner's exempt list i mm. think they and ab won't be playing so yeah i go Deshaun. not like they need him against miami anyway Ugh, that's for sure. Oh, they're what? Did 19, you see the they're way 19 and a half point favorites on the road. And you know who they play right after that? The Darnoldless Jets. Oh, my. And you know who they play right after that? The Giants. <laughs> Look, the and pa- then I think they play the Bengals or something. The like, pa- they're going 6 and 0 for sure. The Patriots have done many things right over the last two decades, and I tip my hat to them. But it has certainly helped them out just a little bit that the rest of their division, for the most part, has been incompetent. But is there some sort of, like, uh, I don't know, like, ripple effect? Like, the Patriots being so good is causing the other teams in the division to, like, panic? Yeah, a little bit. Like, fire guys that maybe shouldn't have been fired and et cetera, et cetera. I think there's something to that. And also, they've misfired on on quarterbacks. I do think Buffalo, with um, Brandon Bean as GM, Sean McDermott as head coach, they both came over from Carolina. They're going about their rebuild in a very intelligent manner. And I think they're poised to challenge the Patriots, if not overtake them, over the next uh, three to four years. But they're very patient, and that's what's helping them out. I don't think Tom's ever going to fall off. I think he'll play till 70 or something. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap it up for us today on the BSN Broncos podcast. But before we get out of here, I want to tell you about Piper Electric. For over 35 years, Piper Electric has been the most fairly priced, dependable, and trustworthy electrical contract companies in the Denver community. If you call 303-646-6765, they'll give you the BSN back-to-school hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. 
No job is too big or too small for Piper Electric. They work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. Don't forget, 303-646-6765 to receive $20, sorry, 20% off your next service call. And let's have our new friends, Whiskey Blanket, play us out today. You better better your dough, bro. One dead is in whole rows and head into the dreaded, did the end of the ozone. Repetitive, no ghosts, so so. Mojo, run in love with the when you learn in the old road. That's so tactful. My tracks are macro and more complex than tax codes. Not singing the cash flows, ask for singing the rap tight as a lasso. Take a dig at the rock screen, you peek at my ID. You might see why we be giving them dry heat. Sucking with the peak of the high seas. Any sucking with the seek of the IV. I've been doing my Tai Chi, brew my Chai tea. Loving my times, you have been using it wisely. Might be the crises and lots of my psyches moving at light speed.